yesterday and your trust of God in yesterday's crisis does not necessarily mean you're trusting God in today's crisis. Each day, the troubles of the day are sufficient for itself. And so when you show up into your situation today, how are you doing trusting God? Maybe last week, last year, you went through this big thing and then you stood strong on the rock. But today, in today's crisis, you're freaking out, just like completely coming undone. The older people get, the more they like to relive the good old days, remembering how things used to be. But as much fun as it is to think about all that's happened, you still have to live your life today. In this edition of Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel reminds you that each day is a new day with its own issues and opportunities to walk faithfully with the Lord. No matter how things went in the past, each new day is another chance to trust Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in 1 Kings chapter 18 as he continues his message, Speaking Truth to Power. This man, Obadiah, he feared God, but he was over King Ahab's house. In a lot of ways, he was in a stewardship role reminiscent of Joseph. Remember when Joseph had authority over Potiphar's house in the same way as Joseph ended up as he ascended in the nation of Egypt, you know, where, where the Pharaoh was, was the top, but Joseph really ran the house. Obadiah has the same function. But remember, Ahab was an evil king. Right. But notice it says here that although this man Obadiah, you know, uh, was in charge of his house, it says now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. And, and this is an important reminder, because I think sometimes as Christians, we can think that as a Christian, I can only use the skills that I have only within the church. And, and in a lot of ways, everywhere that you are, you want to fear the Lord, and function in society. God wants the church as salt and light to be in the world. And it is not like we see it in, in, with the prophet Daniel as he served King Nebuchadnezzar and the subsequent kings and also the kings of the, the, the Medo-Persian Empire. You know, we should, as believers, seek the good in people's lives. And not oh, we won't always have great bosses, but because they're a bad boss doesn't mean we shouldn't serve them well. And I love this because really this man, Obadiah, and, and I lo- obviously I love the name if you know me at all. My oldest child, his name is Obadiah. And I love my son, Obadiah. And I love what the name Obadiah means. It's two words together. It's the word ebed, which literally means servant or worshiper. And then Iyah, so it means servant of God. So when we named our son Obadiah, our only hope was that this young man would be a servant of God. And now as he's getting older, he's in his teenage years, and he's a good dude, and he loves the Lord, and and he's willing to serve the Lord. And we pray every single day that our own Obadiah, like the Obadiah we find here in 1 Kings chapter 18, that he would fear the Lord. Now, because Obadiah feared the Lord, Notice he did certain things that were not what maybe his boss would have wanted, but what he needed to do. Listen to what it says. It says in verse four, for so it was while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them 50 to a cave 
and it fed them with bread and water. So King Ahab's wife Jezebel, as she was seeking to overrun the land with worship of Baal, Obadiah saw this, he feared the Lord, and he protected a hundred of the prophets, and he broke them up, 50 in one cave, 50 in another cave, and he made sure that they were taken care of. Now, here's what you need to realize, that the Bible teaches that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and when we fear God, it causes us to live and act differently. Listen to what Jesus said himself, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. He says, do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather, fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Now, I think that one of the greatest issues we have as followers of Jesus is that we fear other people more than we fear the Lord. That we're, we'd rather be well-liked than live lives that are well-pleasing to God. And if that's you right now, if you're like, yep, that's me right now. Listen, I want you to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I am so sorry. I want to teach me how to fear you, Lord. Teach me how the joy of fearing. I remember there was a great book came out years and years and years ago. The joy of fearing God. And I remember I saw that book and I'm like, I need to read that book. And I'm like, I'm I'm guessing a lot of people wouldn't pick this book up. I mean, you go into a a bookstore and you're like, hey, man, you got this book, The Joy of Fearing God. You got this other thing, you know, Live Fabulously or whatever it is. Of course, people today want to live fabulously. But the beginning of wisdom is to fear God. And I always like to remind people that fearing God is not complicated. I believe we really fear God in two ways. One, we fear God because God is the judge of all the earth. God is the only person before whom you either stand or fall. Like, listen, your spouse or your family or your teacher or your boss, they can have all sorts of beliefs about you. But really the only person's opinion that matters, the only person whose judgment that matters is the Lord. Because all those other people, they can just kill the body, but they can't touch the soul. But God, as Jesus said, he can take, he can kill both the body and soul in hell. So, so what everybody else thinks, because God is the judge, he's the only person whose opinion really matters. And so we should fear that our lives are well-pleasing to the Lord. And, and as somebody who fears the Lord, and we know that we live before him, and we know that our lives are, are, are going to be judged by him, and he's going to weigh our lives, and he's going to pass judgment on our lives, one, because we fear him, that that changes the way we look at things. We say, listen, I don't want to do this because I fear the Lord. Right? Like, I, I fear God's judgment just in the same way. If, if you're driving and you see a police officer on the side of the road, right? You slow down. Why? Because that police officer can pull you over. Right? So you fear their authority and God has so much more authority than even a, a, a human officer. And so we fear God's authority, but not only do we fear God's authority to be able to judge us and send us to hell, but we also fear breaking God's heart because of the relationship that he bought for us through Jesus. And, and in a lot of ways, we should spend time saying, Lord, I fear breaking your heart. I fear grieving your spirit. And I think if we did that, we would make a lot different decisions. Like this man, Obadiah, when he saw Jezebel and the people who were working for her massacring the prophets of God, he said, man, I got to go protect them. And you realize that Obadiah did that because he feared God. He feared God more than he feared the queen or the king. He was risky because of it. He could have sacrificed his life for doing that. But he was willing to step on out because he feared God. And we always need to remember that fearing God will provoke our lives to live differently. Now, what we find going on in this moment, because we see this man, Obadiah, and what a great testimony. He works for this terrible king. 
He's protecting prophets against a murderous queen. And he's well-respected by, by his boss. Ahab is sending him out. They divided the land between them. And Obadiah and Ahab were going out. They were going to the springs of water, to the brooks. And they were looking for grass to be able to keep the horses and mules alive. Because at this point, the famine and the drought and the no rain and the no dew that's been going on for years is so severe that they're running out of just grass to feed the animals. And at some point, if they don't have any grass to feed the animals, they have to kill all the animals because they can't keep them alive. And so they're at that, the apex of the crisis point of what is going on. And so, so Ahab is going in one direction and then Obadiah is going in another direction and they're both by themselves. And then look at what happens. Verse seven. Now it says, as Obadiah was on the way, suddenly Elijah met him and he recognized him and he fell on his face and he said, is that you, my Lord, Elijah? And he answers, says, it is I go and tell your master, Elijah is here. So he said, how have I sinned that you are delivering your servant in the hand of Ahab to kill me? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent someone to hunt for you. And when they said he is not here, he took an oath from the kingdom or nation that they could not find you. And now you say, go tell your master Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass as soon as I am gone from you that the spirit of the Lord will carry you to a place I do not know. So when I go and tell Ahab and he cannot find you, he will kill me. But I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Was it not reported to my Lord what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord? How I hid 100 men of the Lord's prophets, 50 to a cave and fed them with bread and water. And now you say, Go tell your master Elijah, he will kill me. Then Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to him today. And so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Now, can you imagine this? Obadiah and Ahab are out looking for water and all of a sudden Elijah shows up. Right. And Elijah shows up and Obadiah, because he fears the Lord and he works in the king's house, he knows who this guy is. And he says, is that you, Elijah? He says it is. And he falls on his face before him. He realizes a mighty prophet. This is the prophet who declared that there was going to be no rain. This is the person who King Ahab has been hunting for. He says, yeah, it's totally me. He says, go tell your master Elijah's here. And then Obadiah's like, oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'm not going to go tell him. Don't you know that they've been looking for you? He's been, you know, Ahab had his whole crew of bounty hunters. You know, he has his own set of Mandalorians or whatever. Going, and I'm, that's tongue in cheek. There wasn't Mandalorians back then. But you know what I mean? It's like he's got all these people that are going out all through the place trying to find Elijah. Whenever they came back, I couldn't find him. They had to swear an oath to the king by whatever nation they were from. Say, so, no, no, he's not here, right? And he's like, and, and you're going to tell me to go there? And when I go and tell the king, Elijah's here to see you, that the spirit of God's going to whisk you away? Because he can't even fathom how Elijah hasn't been caught yet. And what, is, what this really teaches us, I think this is so important, is that you and I, you need to trust God in your circumstances. You need to learn how to trust God in your circumstances. 
Because in a lot of ways, Obadiah had been doing a great job trusting God in his circumstances. And now Elijah shows up and Elijah says, go tell Ahab that I want to see him. And Obadiah is like, whoa, no, 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 no. Because if I tell him that you're here to see him and the spirit of God whisks you away or you don't show up, he's going to kill me. And I think what's really important for us is what I am always learning and I see it in my own life. It's really easy for me to trust God in everyone else's circumstances, just not in my own. Did you ever notice that? Someone comes and they talk to you about their situation and you have this great godly biblical advice. You know, like, like listen, man, you know, we really got, really got into it with my family and, you know, and we really had a heated argument. You're like, oh, you know, listen, listen, just forgive them, apologize for your part, you know, and you have all the best advice. But then when you have a fight with your spouse, forget it. You'll never apologize. Stop it, right? It's really easy to trust God in everyone else's circumstances. It's really easy to trust God in someone else's crisis, but God actually wants us to learn how to trust him in our own circumstances, in our own crisis, right? And again, because Elijah has shown up and because God is, Elijah is going to talk to Ahab, but Obadiah is scared that Elijah is not going to follow through. And, and what's beautiful is Obadiah even makes his, a case for himself. He's like, haven't you heard what I've done? I fear God. When Jezebel was killing the prophet of the Lord, I was protected. Did you hear that about me? And, and he's almost trying to plead his case. And here's what I want to remind you. Your faithfulness yesterday and your trust of God in yesterday's crisis does not necessarily mean you're trusting God in today's crisis. Each day the troubles of the day are sufficient for itself. And so when you show up into your situation today, how are you doing? Trust Maybe last week, last year, you went through this big thing and then you stood strong on the rock. But today, in today's crisis, you're freaking out, just like completely coming undone. You know, we've seen it with, with the quarantines that we've had. I've talked to so many people who have just kind of lost their marbles in the midst of it, right? They were doing great. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, they fall apart. And I'm not knocking it. It's real, you know? But really, trusting God is something that we have to do every single day. And it's not like when we're falling apart today, we think, well, Lord, I trust, I trust God so much yesterday. I always know when I'm not trusting God because I'm freaking out. Inside, it's like I'm like that duck. Maybe I'm looking cool and calm on the outside because I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to be so godly. But on the inside, the feet are going like this. And I'm, you know, really worked up and anxious and worried. And in some ways, you know, I, I appreciate in our story here, this man Obadiah's vulnerability. Like, I appreciate him just being like, look, he's like, this is not a good scene for me. If I go tell Ahab that you want to see him and you don't show up, I'm a dead man. And I don't want to be a dead man, right? I want to make it through this. And, and I've done everything I know how to do to try and honor God. I, I, I've provided for these prophets who I saved their lives. You, you, haven't you heard I fear God? And Elijah's like, no, listen. And, and notice what he says, verse 15. Elijah says, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to him today. Haven't we heard that before? As the Lord lives before whom I stand. Now, again, I, I don't want to just jump over it because it's so deep. The prophet Elijah says, as God is alive right now. You know, the God of all hosts, the God of all creation, he calls him. When he was talking to Ahab, the God of Israel, Lord God of Israel. As God lives, 
before whom I stand, I promise I'll get that thing done. Now, I'm not saying we should take oaths in the Lord's name. But again, because God lives and because we stand before him, we should be people who are yes is yes and our no is no. We should be people of honor. We should be people who do what we say, say what we're going to do. We should be okay when we fail to say, yeah, I failed in that. And I'm going to try and seek to make that right. Because nobody's perfect. But we should be the kind of people that because, and we don't do it so that people will like us. We do it because we fear the Lord. And because we fear the Lord, now we are honorable people. Right? We, we, we do the, we do the best that we can with what's in front of us. And I love that because Elijah said, okay, I'm going to present myself to him today. And so sure enough, Obadiah says, Obadiah went to meet Ahab and he told him, and then Ahab's coming to meet Elijah. Now look at what happens here in first Kings chapter 18, picking up in verse 17. It says this. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah. That Ahab said to him, is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and you followed the Baals. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. You know what's going on here? Right now, Elijah's speaking the truth. Elijah's speaking the truth. And obviously, he is speaking the truth to power. Because when Ahab and Elijah get together, they haven't seen each other in like three years. And when Ahab sees him, he's like, oh, is that you, the troubler of Israel? He's saying, all that's going on, this famine that's so severe, this drought that people are dying that we can't even feed our animals, this is your fault. He wants to blame Elijah. And Elijah's like, no, 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 no. I'm not the troubler of Israel. You and your father's house are. Why? Why is the reason and the foundation for the crisis Ahab's? Notice. In that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and you have followed the Baals. Right there. See, all of the problems in any crisis, they, they begin spiritual. And then as it starts spiritual, it makes its way into the personal identity, which makes its way into the ethics. That's why we always talk here across about the upward, inward, and outward framework. Jesus gives it to us in his greatest commandment. It's God, us as individuals, and then our neighbors. See, it begins with a spiritual problem because Ahab and his father's house worship the Baals and not the true and living God. They had a false identity about themselves and then the way they lived in the world was wrong. And he's saying, listen, this drought is not my fault. This drought is because you are leading the people to worship the, a false God which gives a false identity which causes people to live wrong. He's saying, this is not my fault. This is your fault. And it's amazing when you realize what a powerful, powerful thing as this humble prophet who's been, been fed by ravens, been fed by a widow. Now she's, he's standing in front of the king. He's calling him out. And of course, this reminds us of John the Baptist speaking against Herod and the marriage that Herod had with his brother's wife. Ultimately, John the Baptist lost his head for speaking the truth to power that way. But it is a great reminder, like the prophet Zechariah says, Zechariah chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. These are the things you shall do. 
Speak each man the truth to his neighbor. Give judgment in your gates for truth, justice, and peace. Let none of you think evil in your heart against your neighbor. And do not love a false oath for all these things I hate, says the Lord. Now, I love this because he says, speak the truth to your neighbor. Give your, when, you, when you're discerning what's going on, let it be with truth, justice, and peace. And the, I love this. Let none of you think evil in your heart of your neighbor. See, because sometimes you start talking about speaking the truth, and there's some people who just want to yell at everybody. And that's not what speaking the truth to power is. When you fear the Lord and you love people, then you speak the truth to people. But you do it humbly, with authority, kindly, but directly. And in a lot of ways, we see Elijah is doing that, where he's, he's literally telling Ahab, he's like, listen, this is happening because you guys are worshiping a false god. And then he sets up, of course, he sets up this standoff. That's why he says, now therefore send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. See, there's going to be the main event that's coming up. And we'll get to it in a subsequent message where, where literally Elijah is going to be there. The prophets of Baal are going to be there. The prophets of Asherah who sit at Jezebel's table, they're going to be there. And we're going to have a battle royale. Who's really God? But I love the fact that Elijah feared God and trusted God enough to speak truth to this king. Now, of course, I'm also reminded of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, where Paul told the church in Ephesus, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth to his neighbor, for we are members of one another. See, for the believer, we speak truth to our neighbors because we realize that we're part of something so much bigger than just ourselves. We're part of this beautiful thing called church. And so for each one of us, if you want to be somebody who, who truly speaks truth to power, first, you need to fear the Lord more than you fear people. And then you need to trust God in your circumstances. And when you speak the truth, you don't want to speak the truth in anger because notice, it's like, it says... Don't harbor evil in your heart against your neighbor. Remember, you're actually speaking to yourself as potential members of the people of God together, right? And, and in a lot of ways, God invites us to look at things from a different angle. But because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, as the people of God, we need, like Elijah, to be speaking up in situations where there's injustice. We need to speak up about the spiritual issues of our day. I know for many of us, that's a step of faith. But guess what? Jesus invites us to walk by faith, not by sight. And as we fear the Lord, as we trust God in our circumstances, then we speak the truth out. And we do it with a humble heart, but a heart of love. And, uh, and we speak out with God's authority. A lot for us to think about, isn't it? But I believe that God wants to raise us up just like Elijah in the midst of the current cultural crisis we're in. Jesus is real. Thanks for staying with us today as Pastor Daniel laid out how to be a person who speaks truth to others, even people in power. 
you learn that in order to do this, your fear of God has to be bigger than your fear of what other people think. He's your starting point and your motivation. The more you're able to trust him in your circumstances, the more you'll be able to step out in faith and speak the truth with authority and humility. Everyone needs a little encouragement to get through their day, and we have a way to provide that for you. Pastor Daniel has some excellent advice, truth, and love to share in his two-minute messages available on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just go to JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on the social media links to find them. You won't be disappointed, and your day just might get a little brighter. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel will look at what happens when Elijah challenges King Ahab and the prophets of Baal. You'll see that Elijah offers them the chance to go head-to-head with God to see who really has power. Pastor Daniel will point out that like the people of Israel, you have to choose who you'll serve. You can't rest on traditions or family history. You have to make that choice for yourself. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Crisis. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.